Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Uh, normally, um, I, I have one text that I'm preaching from. I, I usually preach an expository sermon uh, through a particular text, but because of this 500th year anniversary that only comes around once, um, we're going to look at several different texts, and uh, we're going to have what's what's called a topical sermon. Um, different from what I usually do. Uh, in fact, I would say today's the first time I've done this in the three years that I've been back in the area. So, um, But we'll look um, at several different scriptures. Now, the Reformation um, is, is something in history. It's not, we're, we're not looking at something that we read about in the Bible. It's something that happened about 500 years ago as opposed to 2,000 and more years ago that um, we usually look at when we, uh, when we look into the Bible. But um, it's an important thing, and uh, I, I want to to uh, to take a chance to to um, to remember uh, what has happened. Um, now, I don't want to be uh, preaching a sermon that's in any way anti-Catholic. Um, we, in many ways, share a lot in common with uh, Roman Catholics. In, in, for instance, we we believe in the same doctrine of the Trinity. Um, the doctrine of the Trinity is something that we have in common. So in that sense, we do worship the same God. And uh, our history um, doesn't just go back to um, the early Baptists in Great Britain. It doesn't just go back to the Anabaptists. But it goes all the way back. And and we can read of, of Christians before the time of the Reformation that are a part of our history as well. People like uh, Thomas Aquinas. People like... Um, Tertullian, people like um, Augustine of Hippo, and all, all these people that uh, were Christians long before the time of the Reformation. Um, but the the thing that seemed to separate Protestants from Catholics um, from the very beginning was the idea. There's two main ideas. One is the the nature of authority. What is our authority? Um, and Protestants answer, well, the authority is Scripture alone. Uh, whereas Roman Catholics would say that there's multiple authorities, that we, we, the Bible is an authority, but we also have tradition as an authority. We have uh, the Pope as an authority, all these different councils as authorities. And uh, we answer that, Protestants have answered that, um, and say the Bible alone is our highest authority. Uh, the, the battle cry during the Reformation was sola scriptura. That's the Latin term for scripture alone. Um, the, the scripture text that I want to read to go along with that is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16-17, which says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, now, this, in and of itself, this text is not um, 
spelling out fully a doctrine of, of sola scriptura, that it's our only uh, authority. But I think we see some hints here in this text for the fact that it says that the Scripture, the Word of God, is what we are given to make us complete and equipped for every good work. We don't need all those other authorities. We have what we need in the Bible. Um, so I, I, I think that there's other texts that we could appeal to, but this is the one that uh, um, I think first comes to mind, that the Bible is our authority. Um, we, we, we don't go back to, to any other thing. We don't go back to tradition or any other uh, um, church authority, but we go back to Scripture itself. The second, um, the other thing that... Uh, seem to separate Protestants and Catholics from the time of the Reformation onward is the nature of salvation. We've got the nature of, of um, authority, but also the nature of salvation. Um, Roman Catholic Church uh, would say that we're saved not only by grace through faith, but it's a combination of grace along with our works and about, uh, along with the merit uh, of the saints and things like that. Um, so the, the, uh, the next um, battle cry of the Reformation was sola fide. Sola fide meaning faith alone. The Roman Catholic Church taught that uh, we weren't just saved by faith alone, but that our works had to be added too. Um, we, uh, um, um, there was a combination of, of both works and faith. Um, they would acknowledge, yes, we need faith, but to that was added um, merit. Uh, now, I want to talk about this concept of merit. Uh, in, in the Middle Ages, there developed this idea um, that there was this treasury of merit, um, that uh, um, the saints, uh, these really, really great Christians who live really extra-holy lives, um, they had more works than were needed so that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have to have Jesus die for them. They, they were so good that uh, they had extra merit and, and whatever merit that they had was just added to this treasury of merit along with the merit of Jesus. Um, we're going to see how many of these um, uh, points of, of uh, the Reformation goes against that. Rather than saying that we are saved by a combination of our works along with faith, Protestants have held that we are saved by faith alone. The text that I want to look at there is Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and uh, verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in, G in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Um, of course, this is teaching. We're not saved by works, but we're saved by faith. Now, you may counter, counter well, what about James? 
James seems to be teaching, you know, faith without works is dead. Uh, in fact, James even says a man isn't saved just by his faith alone, but he needs works as well. Uh, James and Paul, uh, they had two different um, opponents that they were talking about. J- uh, James was concerned about those who, who said they had faith, but their faith wasn't backed up by what they do. They're, they may say, well, be warm, be filled. But they weren't going to actually go and do something to help someone in need. Whereas Paul, he was concerned with people who were saying, no, in order to be a Christian, you've got to do these things in order to be justified. And we're justified by doing them. But Paul, he counters, look at Abraham. Look at the story of Abraham, where Abraham was counted righteous before he ever did it. Before he ever took Isaac up on top of the hill, God looked at him because of his faith and and counted that to him as righteousness. So, Scripture alone, faith alone. The third one is solo gratia, or grace alone. Now, the Roman Catholic Church, I said, they taught about this uh, idea of, of a treasury of merit, that we're saved not only through grace, the, the gift of God, but also through our own works of, of doing penance. You know, we, we, we want to, we, we, if we sin, we need to go and do confession, uh, and then the priest will tell us something to do so that we can go out and work for our own salvation. Uh, and then the, the, the merits of the saints that had gone on before us, um, some of that could be applied to us. But... Protestants have said that that's just not something that's taught in the Bible. Um, from Ephesians chapter 2, I want to turn there for this point. From Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We're not saved by our own works. We're not saved by uh, merit of the saints. We're not saved by the, the intercession of Mary or any other thing. We're saved by grace, the gift of God through faith. And which comes to our next point, solus Christus, Christ alone. Um, you can see how all these seem to be mixed together in a sense. Um, because of this treasury of merit idea, the idea that we could be working and doing penance to somehow earn our salvation, or the idea that some of the merits of the saints could be applied to us, or that uh, Mary could be, or the saints could be praying for us in heaven to try to get us out of purgatory or something else. Um, all of those things undercut the idea that Christ alone is the Savior, that we are saved by Christ alone and His work. Hebrews 9.24-26 here I think teaches the contrary. Hebrews 9.24-26 says, For then He would have to suffer repeatedly... Um, I started too soon. For Christ entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, 
now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus' sacrifice was once for all. Jesus paid it all. We don't need the treasury of merit. We don't need the prayers of the saints or the prayers of Mary. We need Jesus. So, so far we have four of these battle cries of the Reformation. Sola Scriptura, or Scripture alone. Sola Fide, or faith alone. Sola Gratia, or grace alone. Solus Christus, Christ alone. And one thing that holds them all together is soli Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. Now the Roman Catholic Church probably never would have tried to deny that it is God who deserves our glory. But with all of these other teachings, it undercut the glory of God. From the passage that uh, I had Caleb read, Verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. God is a jealous God. He does not want to give His glory to any other. But think about what the other teachings do to the glory of God. If the Bible is not our only authority. If we have something else that's equal to that, such as tradition, such as the Pope, such as any man, then that undercuts God's glory. What we have is God's very Word that nothing can challenge. The God's very Word is our highest authority. And in the Middle Ages, in the time of the Reformation, the Roman Catholic Church, they did not want the common man to have Scripture in their own language that they could understand. They thought that would be dangerous. They burned people at the stake for, for translating the Bible into their own language, into the language of the common people. They did not trust people to be able to read God's Word needed some kind of an interpreter, someone to help them. But the Protestants, the Reformation, and we, I believe, too, we share this in common with them, that Scripture is to be our only authority. And the Scripture is clear. And when, when people have the Word of God, the Word of God is alive. And it can do its work. We don't have to be afraid that, of, of what people might do with the Bible if people start reading it? That'd be a great thing. If people read the Bible more, there'll be more Christians. And then, faith alone. If we're saved by any other means by, than by faith, if we have to work to be a good person in order to be saved, and it's not just by faith alone, that again robs God of His glory. Because if we're doing some kind of work, if we're doing something and making ourselves a better person so that God will accept us, then the glory isn't just God's, some of it's ours. 
and with grace alone. If it's not just a gift that we receive, if it's something we have to earn, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why, why faith alone... Um, if, if someone denied faith alone, it would undercut God's glory. If there's any other person that receives glory, that receives the credit for our salvation other than God, then that person gets the glory. But it is God alone. It is faith alone, by grace alone, and through Christ alone. It is not because of how good previous Christians of other eras have been. It's not because of the saints. It's not because of Mary, but it is through Christ alone. Any other person who may have contributed to our salvation, whether it's the saints or whether it's us, would undercut God's glory. So the glory of God alone, to the glory of God alone, is something that, that ties all of these others together. We want to be here at Redeemer Baptist Church, a church that is committed to the Bible as our own, only sole authority. We don't answer to some outside body, but only to Jesus Christ as He rules us through the Scriptures. We want to lift up the Gospel that we're saved by faith alone through grace and through Christ alone. That there's no other way to be saved than through Jesus Christ, the Mediator. The God who became man and died for us. And all of these things, we want to be a church that is focused on the glory of God. Not a man-centered message of how we can be better, more fulfilled people. We don't want to just have a message of how we can have a happier marriage or be, be better parents, we want a message that is focused on the glory of God, that He receives all the glory and all the praise. So let us live our lives committed to those things. Things that people were put to death for. Things that people were tortured for. Things that Martin Luther was put on trial for. Let us be committed to those things. For the glory of God. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.